Wrap your head around silks. This is the Expecting Aerialist podcast. How's it going, guys? Hope you're having a wonderful week so far. Before we get started, um, yeah, I'm really excited to have roll it out my virtual 60 minute rolling class. So the thing is, we always have to take care of our bodies, and I've found that the hardest thing is carving out the time, especially if you are, you know, taking care of a lot of other things and peoples and fur babies and all that. So um, join me for that. And even if you can't do the 7 p.m. Sunday Pacific time, it's really about the portal because I have guided 60-minute rolling classes on there every week. And then there's videos that are specifically on shoulders, lats, you know, forearms, feet, whatever. So also because, you know, you get a roller and you get a ball or a peanut and what do you, what the heck do you do with it? So Please join me for that. I'll leave it in the show notes. Um, and that's also on Zoom, so I get to meet you, which is great. And then Aerial Rehab, I'm going to give you guys a chance to get in on that um, very soon. Just keep your ears peeled. All right. This is Christine Peace. And I have known Christine for years. Uh, she was part of the troop of badass ladies that I started training with, um, you know, over a decade ago. And she has just recently in the last couple days announced to the entire world that she is pregnant with her first child and we had interview done the interview um around 14 weeks for her so a couple weeks ago about a month ago and she just wanted to have a little time get into it the second trimester to to talk about it but we talk about her journey in getting pregnant the old-fashioned way which is not that easy all the time um it's kind of a combination of luck we all know you know, it's not, it's not that easy sometimes. And she definitely went through it, um, trying to get pregnant. Her expectations didn't necessarily match up with what, what was actually happening. So, um, loved hearing this from her. And we also talk about a bunch of stuff, uh, towards the end that I can't even like, I'm not even going to go into you guys. It'll just be a nice surprise. All right, guys, uh, let's get started. So I was at the Dangle House the other day teaching a student, and Christina was there, and she said to me, she's a she's an aerialist and friend of mine, and I, she was like, hey, when you were pregnant, were you nauseous when you trained? Is that what you asked me? Yes, I did. <laughs> were you nauseous, or did you get... That's what she asked me. Did you get me. out of breath a lot, is what I, I think I... Out of breath a lot. And then I sat down and I was like, you know, I was on, I was on pelvic rest for so much of it um, after 20 weeks. So I don't remember being so breathless. And then I went and taught my student for like five, six minutes. And then I went, I was like, hold up. <laughs> Are you trying to tell me something? Yeah, I didn't know how to, I don't really know how to tell people quite yet, you know, but um, yes, I was trying to tell you that I'm pregnant. <laughs> And you're currently 16 weeks. I am. I'm 16 weeks and four days, I believe. Okay. So how long have you and your husband had this as a plan and been trying and, and such? The plan was, you know, up in the air before we got married. We, you know, discussed if we wanted children. Um, and then when we finally decided that we did... Um, and started trying it took 
over a year, um, which I, I felt like was a long time, <laughs> but, um, but then it happened. So I'm very, very happy. Um, but it was very challenging for sure. Um, do you mind yeah. if I, do you mind if I ask, do you mind telling the world how old you and your husband are on this podcast? Yeah, of course. Um, I am 39 years okay. old and my husband is 42. <laughs> the question mark. 43. 43. I think he's 43. Yes. I was trying to figure out how old I was the other day. And the way I figured it out, because I was like, <laughs> did not want to do the math because I always based it off my brother because he's six years younger than me. And so my brother's six years younger than me. And then I had to base his age off of my dad. <laughs> I mean, it only took like a couple minutes of my brain, but like that was easier than doing the math for myself. I can imagine like when right. I get my parents' age, I might just not even worry about it anymore. I might not even try. Right. <laughs> but. Right. I only know I'm 39 because I'm going to be 40 this year, which, you know, is a big deal. But then after that, I just, I don't keep track. <laughs> So what do you, what was your strategy? Did you have strategy or were you just like, did you know when you ovulated? Did you, how deep did you go into that? Um, well, I got the ovulation sticks and, um, I started keeping track of my period and, you know, all the phases and that took a while, you know, um, sometimes, you know, I had an app. But that wasn't always correct. And, you know, because I'm a regular. Oh, I don't you are irregular. Okay. A regu- I am irregular. So a lot of times I thought I was ovulating and I wasn't. And, you know, the good thing about the whole process or the way that I like to look at it, because it was very challenging, but I at least learned a lot about my body and, you know, I learned the app would tell me you're ovulating. And then I eventually learned, no, I'm not because, because after, you know, so long you start to get to know your body. Like I don't need this app. Now I know that I'm ovulating because you know, what was happening with my body and such. And so, um, we, yes, kept track of that and then would try then. And then, um, that's as far as I went, but I did get an HSG, and I think maybe that's what contributed to me getting pregnant. HSG, which is the test, the hormone test? No, that is when you get your tubes flushed. Whoa. Um, so they put a lick. I didn't know yeah. about that. I don't know if it's that. It's, you know, it's huge, and I didn't know about it either, and then I had a friend that told me like, Oh, just get your tubes flushed. Everyone gets pregnant right after they get their tubes flushed. And it's not meant to be done as a way to get pregnant. Um, it's actually done to try to just get a good look at the uterus and see what's going on inside. If you have a fibroid, if you have something like that, but because they are putting liquid inside your uterus, they get rid of any blockages or clogging that you might have and so now a lot of women do it when they're trying to get pregnant and there's it has a really good result okay I literally learn something new every single day on this podcast (laughs) HSG so do they it's it's like a it's like a uterus douche (laughs) yes it is 
So they put a tube up inside you and then they insert liquid and they're looking at an ultrasound. And if there's anywhere that the liquid is not moving freely, then they put more pressure and they squirt liquid with more pressure. And then it just breaks up any cloggage you might've had there. Um, yeah, so I think I had one fallopian tube that was a little, like the liquid wasn't going through it freely. Okay. And so, yeah. And so, so then they just put a little more pressure with the liquid and then it unclogged it. And three months later I got pregnant. Okay. Hold on. So, <laughs> so that means that the egg wasn't necessarily getting to the uterus. You know, I'm not really sure. I'm I'm not really sure if it's a coincidence. I I mean, I think that's the reason okay. why. Um, but I but scientifically speaking, I don't know what it means to have a clogged fallopian tube. But I think that unclogging it only helped. <laughs> so I have this um, uh, amazing OBGYN that I bring on every once in a while. And I have a active list of questions that I keep for her. And that's going to go on it. Yes, please. Because I'm curious too. And, you know, I wasn't even, you know, my OBGYN didn't even refer me an HSG it was my friend and I'm the one that brought it up. And then they said, Oh yes, yes, that actually is a good idea. So, I mean, I really think that it should be talked about more. Um, you know, women should be aware of this, of this, especially if they're trying. I mean, I know how challenging that is to go through. Is it just saline that they're pushing through there? Something like that? I yeah, I would imagine. So. I wouldn't quote me on that. I would imagine, I mean, I, I don't mean to like <laughs> make you ask every, answer every question about HSG, but my mind is blown. I had no idea about the uterus douche uh, and the potential benefits of it. I'm going to ask Dr. Janae next time I talk to her. It's, it's like a mailbag. Like I just have a bunch of questions that are never answered, like never answered for anyone, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and it's it's just good for women in general. Um, I was able to get it covered through my insurance because I did have a fibroid. And so um, that was a big deal, you know, otherwise your insurance doesn't cover that, which maybe that's why a lot of women don't get it or it's, you know, not very known and popular. But I, um, my OBGYN said, well, <laughs> you you do have a fibroid. So that's a good reason to get an HSG. So if you get an HSG, they, they, you know, get a good look of everything that's going on inside your uterus. Um, it's good. It's good no matter what, just to be aware of what's going on in there, you know? Yeah. So the app tracks it based on the previous cycle length, correct? So if your cycle right. was 30 days, it will count the days and like just it's based on numbers. It's not based on anything else, right? I'm assuming. Right, okay. right. Which if you are irregular, that's data that's old data because the next month your body might ovulate on a different day in the cycle because you have a different length. Correct. And my app was consistently wrong for months, you know, like telling me that I would get my period on a certain day and it was wrong. And after so many months of that happening, you know, I just 
I had to get to know my body on its own. And, you know, a lot of women told me, oh, when you have that gooey, sticky discharge, that's when you're ovulating. That's when you need to go get down. <laughs> get um, down. Hashtag get down. <laughs> go get down. <laughs> and so that's that's how I learned, you know. I, I, the app was not working for me. And how was that? Did it feel like a job? Oh, I hated it. I hated it. I hated it so much. I mean, I didn't like intimacy with my husband to become this scientific thing, you know, like, oh, it's time. You know, it was, I, I really did not like that. And I just had to stay positive and get creative and, and try not to make it like that, even though it is, you know, yeah, because um, you would pee on the stick, you would realize that you're ovulating and then be like, okay, he gets home from work at whatever time. We need to get this done tonight. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, fortunately he works from home, so I could get a little more creative. Like, oh, I'm going to go get cute or whatever, you know. Um, but when I when you finally worked, I just decided to let all that stuff go I didn't track it through an app. I just try to listen to my body and just have fun with him and not have it be the scientific experiment. Yeah, I don't know if that's how it is for most women or how it was for you, but I did not enjoy it being about that. You well, know? I'll tell you that our, our air quotes strategy was 100% the opposite because... When me and Asa met, we were, you know, I was already like 41 and he's 42, 43. And I, we had said like, okay, we both want kids in our lives. And so we just, it was a beginning oh. of a relationship. Like it was the first nine months of our relationship. We got pregnant. So I called the strategy, just flood myself with semen. Flood the zone. <laughs> right. I might have had like um, chemical pregnancies and stuff because I went for months without getting pregnant, right? I don't know. I'm so right. grateful. Like our friend Rachel, she was testing so she would know and then there's a chemical pregnancy and devastated, you know? Um. I don't know what a chemical pregnancy is. A chemical is. pregnancy is when you, you know, the stick says you're pregnant, everything says you're pregnant, and then your body discards it within a couple weeks. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it, it's considered a miscarriage, but it's also called a chemical pregnancy. And I was saved from all of that type of emotional stuff that uh, you went through a lot of women I know went through because I wasn't checking and I wasn't prodding and right. planning. Um, and I think it was, if, if we were trying to get pregnant now, it would be, it would have to be like that because our sex life is way different, you uh -huh. know, just way, way different. Yeah. Like you can't really, um, you can't really imitate the first you know, the la-la land of a relationship. Right. I mean, I had more sex in that nine months of my life than, like, probably 
probably like the rest of my life combined. <laughs> the strategy nice. was flood the zone. <laughs> and then we have a bean. She's right behind yeah. me. So. so how long did it take after you decided to, to have that strategy? I mean, I guess nine months. Oh, okay. I guess because, or eight, okay. like, I don't know when we took condoms off and stuff. And like when he okay. started to like, you know, throw caution to the wind and not pull out. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. So maybe six okay. months, six months of just yeah. uh, flooding, the, flooding the zone. <laughs> yeah. See, see, that sounds more fun to me. I was very naive and went into it thinking, okay, it's time. Okay, and I thought I would get pregnant within like a month. Right, because you were doing, I just thought. Because you were like, okay, there's a target. We're going to hit the target. Yeah, and because my whole life I've been told to protect yourself. From getting pregnant. And from getting pregnant. My whole life I had been told, do not have unprotected sex. You can get pregnant. Like it was like, you know, the worst thing. And then little did I know how hard it would actually be. And, you know, it has to be the right time and you both have to like, you know, it just, it's not as easy as I thought it would be. So because of that, it was so much more devastating every month. Um, So I do wish I would have known, you know, to lower my expectations. I cannot just control the timing of it. That's such a hard one. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. so hard. And you didn't have any of those like um, fake outs, right? Where the pregnancy test says positive and you're negative. No, I, I did not. And so you I were like not. testing. You were also testing every month. You're testing your ovulation. You're testing your pregnancy every month. I wasn't testing my pregnancy. Um, I pretty much know when I'm going to get my period because I just get crazy. And like so in your head or in your I body? would just know. Uh, mostly in my head, (laughs) mostly in my head. Um, but my boobs would always tell me when I'm going to get pregnant, you know, just get tender and sore. And I, I would feel it when I would work out. And, and so when I would go for a run, I would know, Oh, okay. I'm going to get my period in about four days. Wow. That's pretty good. Um, so when, when the month that you were pregnant, was it very different or did it feel the same? Oh yeah. I, I, you know, I knew like a week before I was supposed to get my period, I told my husband, I was like, I am in way too good of a mood right now. (laughs) I don't know. I don't have any signs that I'm going to get my period. I'm like way too happy. And then I stayed happy that whole week. And I just had a feeling I was like, okay, like there's no crazy Christine right now. What's happening? And then I finally tested a day after I was supposed to have my period and it came out positive. Okay. And then you made an appointment with your OBGYN. When were you able to see that first uh, ultrasound? I was able to see the first ultrasound at eight weeks. Okay. So you had to wait. I, I did. Oh, oh, I had, um, yep. I had to wait eight weeks for an ultrasound, but I did go see my family doctor at six weeks, I believe just, you know, they did another right, they, test, another HCG right. test. 
and a blood test and you know then they do all these other tests and um you know they were just like okay it's positive don't get too excited you know right I don't yeah and so um and but you know so that was hard to to I didn't get excited till probably like the 12 week mark um but I mean that's not true with on and off my excitement sorry I don't know how to I have like an inner oh no what happened there we are (laughs) um okay so because me and Asa were kind of like we weren't like trying like that we weren't like you know it's still a new relationship so I was when I first saw because I peed on a stick and it said like super positive like the line was so so dark and I told Asa and he was like no you're not pregnant I was like let's just go check with the doctor okay and I went I went by myself because he didn't believe me and I was like, first of all, oh. it's not that unbelievable. You've been, you've been like having happy time on the inside, like all the time. It's not that unbelievable. I know that we're not right. that young and it's not that easy. But so when I, right. I saw this little like kidney, kidney bean shaped little thing, like beat it, you know, and then there's, there's a <gasps> heartbeat and I, oh. I like my hand, I just slapped my face like Oh my God. Like I kind of, how far along were you? Okay. Okay. I was seven weeks because we were way past like when my period would have come all that stuff. And I was like, no, (laughs) cause, cause we weren't, (gasps) isn't it the best? Yeah. Yeah, it was. I was so excited, but I was like, because we weren't like full throat trying, you know what I'm saying? We were just throwing every caution to the wind, knowing that we would like the outcome. So, <laughs> right. I I do love hosting the podcast for many reasons, but um, through my conversations with my guests, I get to like share more about myself over time. Like, and I don't have to do right. it all at once, and it's fun. I think it. I feel like it's fun. <laughs> it, is. it is. It is. There's so many things that happen that we don't talk about. You know, um, but the first time I heard of the heartbeat and Jason, my husband was there, I started crying. I couldn't believe it because, you know, I, I was told by my other doctor, don't get too excited, you know, because they're like, you're 39. Like, Act like I'm like 100 yeah. years old. I'm yeah, like, they do. <laughs> you know, they do. They act like, you know, um, but anyways, so I heard the heartbeat. Yeah, it's a very special moment, you know. It is now 16 weeks. This podcast will come out later because Christine wants a little time before letting the world know. How many of your friends and family know? So I just started telling my friends and it has been incredible. Um, I maybe have now like five or seven friends that know. Okay. Okay. Maybe more. And then my family, um, my mom, my brother, my aunts, and a few of my coworkers. And then, of course, I told my students and parents. That sounds like a lot. <laughs> like, who else needs to know? <laughs> um, well, because you're going to be 
slightly different as a teacher now that you're pregnant? Oh, right. The first trimester I was dying and I could not tell them. And I was just so out of breath and demonstrating things. And, you know, I, I was like, I can't wait to tell them so they can back off a little. A little bit. <laughs> Why were they like demo again? You were like, oh, no, they just, you know, they'll be like, oh, come on, Miss Christine, you can you can do that better. There was one thing I struggled with and they said something like that to me. Um, and I, I, you know, just want to tell them I'm pregnant. That's why that was hard. Um, but it was a hard adjustment at first. Now I'm used to it, but, um, you know, just things are more challenging mainly because I'm out of breath a lot and, and quickly. And, um, you know, that you're, you're, there's so much more blood so much more blood flow. And so when I'm upside down demonstrating something for a long time and talking, like I want to die, all that blood going to my head, like it's already uncomfortable, right? But now you're pregnant and you're producing like 50% more blood. It's so much more uncomfortable. Um, so yeah, I was very happy. As soon as I hit my 12 weeks, I was like, I'm pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> you need to learn how to take you know, corrections from just my, my, my words. Are they getting better with that now? Oh, they are so sweet. My goodness. As soon as they found out, you know, they look at me like, Oh my God, like, don't get up there. Um, they're like, you better come back. Don't be gone for too long. Come back and bring the baby and we'll perform for the baby. <laughs> just, yeah. So much. I got such a better um, reaction than I could have imagined. Yeah. What ages are those kids? Um, I teach from ages eight to 16 and, and the reactions I'm talking about are about my older kids, like the 14, 15, Aww. 16. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the fact is that those kids probably could take your vocal direction, your verbal direction all the time. They just don't want to. Right. Or they don't pay attention, you know, because their attention span, what attention the, span. The adults do it too. I yeah. mean, I, I tell this story all the time on this podcast, but I was teaching throughout my pregnancy at the loft and I was on pelvic rest at 20 weeks. So they didn't have a choice and the loft didn't tell me to go away. So, so I kept on teaching from the ground and I had some video references and they just had to deal with it. And I believe that the students that were with me at that time, they really, they really flourished in a certain way because they had to learn how to, how to, how to use their minds differently, you know? Right. Right. And it, it's possible, you know, and, and it's nice. Like, I don't want you know, my students to imitate me completely. I, I, when I demonstrate things, I demonstrate it just the basic way, but then I would like them to find their own style and, yeah. you know, they just need to focus and pay attention. And, and, you know, a lot of it is, is challenging because they need that mind body connection, right? You need to be able yeah. to hear something and understand what I mean by that. And then how to like put it in your body. Um, but it's good for them. It's, it's good for them. 
when I teach really, really beginner, like first day, second day of aerial, that's when I demo for them. Beyond that, I will do it once, maybe. <laughs> but like yeah. if we're doing a candy cane and my students have done a candy cane and I'm making one variation, they don't need that. But yeah. I have talked to a lot of teachers across the world and they know how I operate. They're like, oh, we can't do that there. There's no tolerance for it. And I'm like, build the tolerance. Save your bodies. <laughs> Instructors out right. there. Yeah. Especially, you know, especially if it's a focus thing, you know, like there's also that, that focus that should be required in a class. You know, like I'm not going to do something a million times because you didn't pay attention. I mean, at the most twice, but if you've already seen it in the past, then you should, you know, have some sort of memory of it or, or, and if not, then let someone else go and then watch them. But I mean, to just expect a teacher to demonstrate something a million times. No, 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 uh -uh. no, <laughs> no. Only if no. you're new. Only if you're new. If you're brand no, new. Literally, okay, if it's your first two, three classes, I'll say two. I'll say two classes. Yeah. Getting upside down and, and climbing in a footlock. But also, I I am guilty of doing this, going to ballet class. I love to take uh, my friend Kana's class. She teaches at Hamas in the Valley here in L.A. And it's an adult ballet class, but it is intermediate. Like, she does, like, kind of intricate stuff. And my whole life, maybe 20% of the time, I'll watch and I'll watch her do the whole combination. And when she's done, I have no idea what she did. Oh, because no. I, because <laughs> I'm zoned out for in a way. Like I saw it. It's like I'm reading a page in my book and I read it, but I don't, I didn't, I have no idea what it said. Right. You didn't grasp it, yeah. I didn't grasp it. I didn't, like, my brain wasn't in it. And at that moment, do I say, Kana, do it again? No, you're on your own. <laughs> right, but don't you think you learn from that? You know, yeah. like, okay, yeah. focus more. Focus more, really focus, pay attention. And that's why ballet is so great. I mean, yeah. this makes me want to get back into it. I haven't been to a ballet class in a few months, but I was pretty consistent for a while. And... I just remember being at the bar and watching this teacher explain something in a, in a different language and it's very complex and you're singing, wow, this is amazing. An amazing thing that I can do, right. Is just watch this. It's so good for my brain. It's not just my body, but my brain. I mean, I don't right. really know another um, practice like that. And so it's so good for us. It's so good for us. Now I need to get my ass back to ballet. <laughs> yeah, I feel like my ballet practice and yoga practice have suffered so much because uh, being being three and a half, uh, I've kind of come up into a new challenge in my life with exercise is that I could, I can carve out the time with my partner to take off and go to a yoga class or a ballet class. But what I've found is that when in 50% in of the cases that I do it, because I'm also teaching aerial five days a week, sometimes hot yoga, I don't know if you're, are you a big hot yoga person? Um, I go through phases. 
But right okay. now I'm really missing it pregnant. I just feel like it would feel so nice. I miss it a lot. Right. Like a portion of the time it makes me energized. And then the other portion of the time it just saps me out and I just want to sleep all day. Huh. Depending, like my whole life. Like, I mean, right. since I started taking hot yoga, like sometimes it goes up and sometimes like it just taps me out of everything I have. And so the times that I've gone since she's been alive and I go and it taps me out, I can't function and I have to watch her. I oh. can't, I can't just go to sleep all day. Right. So right. I've stopped, I've stopped for now because I can't take the risk of it going the opposite direction. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then ballet, I, the last time I went to ballet class was last Thanksgiving because we had family here, so many people to take care of being, and I could just whisk myself away. Nobody's going to miss me. And so I went to ballet on Thanksgiving. My friend Kana has a Thanksgiving class, but that's the last time. And that was like, you know, six months ago. Right. She gave me a lot right. of corrections too. She was like, pull up. Oh, that's nice. Corrections are great. <laughs> yeah, but like what I realized from Ariel is that um, my my spine is compressed because my lats pull down. Yeah. And I've been working you so just... much on corseting my abs that like my body's going through like it needs that balance, you know? Right. We start shrinking. You just need to go hang in a double ankle hang for a couple minutes. I mean, all that blood will go to your head, but <laughs> that's yeah, I used to I do needed... that. I need to do that on a regular basis because I'm starting to shrink, you guys, and I don't have a lot to work with anyway. I'm five one, so. <laughs> oh, you are! <laughs> I thought you were taller. No, this is the best part of being Carrie Wee is that I read taller on stage and in person. Thank God. Yeah, or some <laughs> Pilates. You know, I've been doing a lot of Pilates lately because I wasn't really sure how much longer I was going to do aerial. Um, because I had a really bad injury a couple of years ago and I was just like, you know, I'm so tired of being in pain and I don't know why I ever stopped Pilates. Um, and I'm, I'm over that. I'm back. I'm doing aerial. What I'm was fine. your, what was your injury? I have a torn labrum in my right shoulder. Um, oh, and is it still, t and is it just, you worked through it? Yeah. But you know, I've heard different things like, oh, it just never heals. Um, and then I've heard, and then my physical therapist was like, yeah, it can heal. So I'm like, is it still safe for me to do certain things? But I've just changed my way of training completely. Um, you know, but, uh, but it's fine now for a while, for a couple of years, I could not crochet my right arm. And can you now? And, and now I can, I almost started crying when I did a crochet and it was without pain. I just... I think I got teary-eyed because I thought I would never be able to do it again. Um, but yeah, it's it's fine now. And I just I just backed off, you know? I didn't need to, to be so beast mode. And that was my way of training from when I started, you know, beast mode everything. You know you what? Know, <laughs> Thank you for bringing this up because I forgot about how beast mode you were. Like, I think, I think you had one post that actually made me mad. Like it actually made me mad. She did on Instagram. This is years ago <laughs> when I used to train with you more because I, I used to train with you more, right? Long arms. So dead hang flares on silks. 
slowly, like leg flares on silks yeah. with ankle weights. You posted that <laughs> because you, yeah. you, you know, you could do a straight arm inversion. Can you, are you still doing straight arm inversions without pain? You know, I can, but, but I, but I do them really slowly. And the other day I can only do four, but I'm still proud of those four. <laughs> you should be Christine. I've never, I've, I've only ever had one, two, three in a row at my healthiest. And now my shoulders are not, my shoulders aren't healthy right now. So I'm not even no. training climbs. Like I, I climb with a really like perfect Russian climb. Okay. And then I do stuff. But when it comes to straddle climbs and anything that is climbing challenged, mm -hmm. because I like my right shoulder was bad since July and then it got better. And then now, and it's because of being, it's because of reaching oh. back in the car seat at a weird angle. It's because of like holding her when she's freaking out and she's moving in ways that I can't control. Oh, that's, man. What, that's what's happening to me right now. So and I was told by my body worker that like, he thinks that I have a, like a, like a tear in my tendon on my left side because the pain hasn't changed in a couple months. Uh -huh. he's, that's his guess. And he's like, go get an MRI to confirm that I'm right. Um, and I was like, there wasn't an event. Like I didn't have an injury event that I can remember. He's like, girl, that can happen when you're sleeping. If you sleep wrong. <laughs> I mean, and I, I was like, have oh. either. No, yeah. no, but I mean, I, I don't want to think that it could have happened in my sleep, but you know, I think a lot of the stuff that we do with Ariel, you're not meant to be, to, you probably should not do a lot in your life. Like, oh, let me do a skin the cat shoulder dislocation. Like, I don't really think that that's something that we're meant to do over and over and over for years and then hang by that arm over and over and over. I mean, I, I, I don't think it's good for us. And so what I think happens is we get a little something and then it becomes a little more and then a little more, yeah. you know what I mean? And so that's why I've also backed off because it's funny I was so depressed when I had this injury and this was at the same time that I couldn't get pregnant. It was just awful, oh. like an awful year. And then, but then I got asked to perform and I wasn't sure. I was like, I don't know if I can still do this, you know? And then I thought back on every single performance that I have had and about 90% of them, you know, I didn't need to do these crazy moves in order to have a good performance. So then I thought, why am I doing all this shit to my body? You know, like why? It's not because you're such a beast. You're such right, a beast. You're right. I, I was. I was so beast mode. But but <laughs> then I thought, okay, I can still have an aerial career without beast mode. And you know, I'll do my little, you know, something else will be beast mode. My four straight arm straddles is my new beast mode. <laughs> you know, or what are the splits? Come on now. <laughs> Well, yeah, I definitely, and I backed off from performing this year anyway, because I have gut issues that I can't really, really figure out. And it's too stressful for me. Right. Um, so, but me too, I have to like reimagine what my arrow practice is because right. I don't want to injure myself. I don't want to be in pain all the time. 
And I want to be able to do the best parts of it, which is, for me, dancing in the air. You know, that's right. my favorite part of it. And I can. I can do that. I don't have to do right. a, crazy, a crazy climb to get there. Right. You don't. It's not that important. Yeah. Right. And you don't need to do a straight arm straddle to invert. You know, it's, 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 it's hard when you, when you, you know, it, it seems, it sounds so simple, but for us, it's like, or for me, at least it was hard to think, you know, it's, it's okay to, to down, I don't want to say downgrade my training, but you know, just not do so much, but it got to a point where it was like, okay, well, I want to keep doing this. And I want to live a healthy life. And this is the only body that I have. Yeah. These are our only shoulders. We got to. <laughs> I know. We can't we blow them out. We already put a lot of miles on them. We've, they've got some miles. <laughs> yeah. So how has your training been this first trimester? Okay. So um, I decided just not to go very high at first and to not do drops. Um, that was just a decision that I made. Um, just, just for me, it's a personal decision, but the training itself has been very hard in the sense that I wasn't used to being out of breath from just climbing, you know, I'd climb and do like one move and I was out of breath. Like I was just, I'm not used to that. Um, and so that was very challenging, but I mean, I still did wheel downs and almost everything. I did all my moves again, besides drops and I've had good days and bad days. And when I have a good day, I just take advantage of it and try to do as much as I can in a healthy way. Um, but the hardest part has been the days that I was just really tired. I mean, so tired. Um, and now that I'm in my second trimester, that has kind of gone away. Um, and I, you also just adjust like, okay, I'm just used to breathing heavily now. <laughs> I'm just used to like breathing really loudly when I'm up in the air and you, you just adjust to it. But at first it was hard, you know, cause you notice every little thing. Why is this different now? Why is this so uncomfortable? Like being upside down and all the blood going to my head, like all of that was hard at first. Um, but you know, I can still spin. So that's, that's fun. <laughs> that's one of my favorite things is spinning. Um, yeah, but, I, but I'm still doing it. Not as, not as, not as much, um, maybe just like once or twice a week and then teaching. Um, but I, I don't want to stop. I thought I would stop after three months and I, and I haven't, and I'm, and I don't want to, that has changed. I have decided I don't want to stop. Well, you know, it continues feeling good. Yeah. Good for your mental health. Good for all of our mental health to be able to do what we love um, as long as we can. Right. Yeah. Um, I feel like I completely forgot how much of a beast that you are. (laughs) I don't know how I forgot that because it was the way I defined, like in my mind, it was synonymous with Christine peace equals beast mode. (laughs) 
Well, you know, I, when I first started doing aerial seriously, I was among some aerialists that were insane beast mode. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so I just thought that that was normal. And I was like, you know, like do this and now add weights and now do it with straight arms and now do it with one arm. It was like, (laughs) just so insane. Uh, Sarah, um, Sarah's in that, in that class of people, yep, for sure. That's who I'm talking about, Romanowski. Yeah. Here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and when we were all training together a little bit more consistently, and this is probably 10 years ago, like, and, and Katrina Amory was in that group and she was, she's a good, you know, 10 years younger than all of us doing, you know, full pikes, you know, upright pikes with ankle weights on and it did feel like that. It felt like, okay, so you can, oh, you can climb with two hands. What are you doing with that, with that extra hand? Why do you need that? Like, that's, right. That's what it felt like. And I had a really hard time with that type of training because my body doesn't easily do that. Right. Like, right. that's really challenging for learn- me. you're not going to learn that it's too much until something happens. So it's just unnecessary, (laughs) you know, (laughs) you know, man, I had so many, I had so many, like, Oh, I still have so many insecurities around, around, um, my peer group because of, because of this. And then over time, I'm like, you know, my strengths are, my strengths are just different because my body's different. And then I have, you know, I had this conversation with Erica Linz two years ago and we were talking about strengths and weaknesses and she's like, I'm so insecure around dancers. I'm so insecure around you guys because I feel like, like a, like a box with arms and, and like, I can do a million things because I'm a gymnast, but you know, making something graceful takes years for me. And I'm like, and that's when I'm like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I'd love to have what you have. And, and she's right. like, I'd love to have what you have. And I'm like, oh, now we're both crying about we don't what we don't have. Maybe we should oh, stop. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> the grass is always greener, huh? I know yeah. we forget what, what we have, what we have. And that's not easy. And I had a friend tell me once, you know, um, you know, Christine, actually, I think it's harder to get that you know, the dancer skills of, of the port de bras and like the nice movement of the legs and the extensions and the pointed feet, like that's harder than just gaining strength. Um, and I, I don't know if that's true. I think it's different for everyone, but then it just made me sit back and think, you know what? Yeah. I danced for almost all my life and I worked my ass off and I remember dancing eight hours a day for many years. And, you know, we, we can't forget about that, um, that, that, how much that has aided us. And it's just, you know, defined what, you know, what kind of aerialist you are. And when I did back off of the whole beast mode, I thought I couldn't perform anymore, you know? And then I thought, what am I talking about? I can still dance in the air though. That's my favorite thing to do. Yeah. And you're, you're so beautiful up there. I feel like, um, yeah, I think Thank that the, 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 as you go through this pregnancy and you're going to go through your, through your process of, uh, you know, prenatal postpartum and all that, you know, for me, it's like, I'm now in this place where I'm reimagining it 
and, and seeing how it's going to shift. And it, it kind of, sometimes it brings me sadness, but then at the same time, you know, I think to myself, I can't be sad about getting older. That's a privilege. Right. And things are going to change. Um, the body has to change. Like there's no way I'm going to turn 60, 70, 80, and I'm going to be the same body and have right. the same functionality as I did when I was younger. I had her and my body's changed and I have not been okay with it. But I, I need to be okay with it because I right. have this amazing being and I'm still doing what I love. It just is shifting. And um, I right. talked to, talk to a lot of women on here and like the emotional process of that shifting and saying goodbye to the old body, saying hello to the new one. That is also going to function well as well, you know, but in, yeah. in different ways. Um, I am uh, very scared of that, of how I will react to that. But, um, but, you know, I keep telling myself, like, I could not, you know, I, I wanted to, to have a baby so much. Like, I wanted to be a mom so badly. Like, that's so much bigger to me. Yeah. You know? Me too. And I me just, too. I need to remember that, you know? It's so special what, what we were able to do. And, um, but yeah, I mean, of course, I, I'm so scared. I'm like, oh, right now I feel great, you know, because I've gained three pounds. That's it. And it's like. <laughs> mostly like my boobs and I you know it's I don't know what I will be like when you know I'm so much bigger or like afterwards you know how hard it will be for me to do things but fortunately I have a great group around me and I've I, you know I've seen how you all have continued and to me I I see you as the same you know like you guys just went right back to it yeah. And I think that all of us, I think that the things that I'm talking about, literally no one notices besides me. Right. Um, and when I like dissect my videos from before, or even just the feeling of it when I'm up there. Um, but the other thing I do have to say, I just had a conversation with this woman, Laura Evans. Wait, was it Laura? She has this thing with her peer groups in, in, um, in her studio they're what she calls, they're not in the breeders program. Like they don't want kids. Oh. And it's just so hard because she's had to like shift, like her friendships have changed. Whereas for us, I mean, we're so lucky. I mean, you're, you're the newest member of, right. I'm joining a club. You're joining a (laughs) club. There's, there are, there are many of us and we're all figuring out our kids are like, you know, like a year or two behind each other and they're just going to keep on, like, you're the next person in our club and there's going to be one after you too, you know? Yeah, I, I'm i very grateful to be surrounded, you know, you know, in Los Angeles have like this group of women that, you know, not only share what I love, but now have been through this and that have done it before me. <laughs> so many of them that I can just go to, you know, I can't even tell you how many times I've have uh, reached out to Tanya, but <laughs> with advice, with with everything, with just what I'm going through, and you know, you know, like not sure should I still perform? Like, you know, is this okay? Like, it's so nice to have, you know, a group of people that I can reach out to for that. Um, that has helped me a lot. Like, I don't know what I would, what kind of decisions I would have made on my own. Yeah. And to be able to have that sounding board and, 
that that is what this podcast I hope is doing for women out there who don't have that because it's hard enough to have an aerial community and then also have an aerial community who are moms with kids around the right. same age. I mean, that the numbers on that aren't very good out there in the world. If you're in a smaller city than LA, if you are, you know, LA Vegas, basically, you right. know, those are where the concentrations may be Montreal, Man, Montreal. Yeah, definitely. So yeah. outside of those three cities, you're going to have way less. Um, and so ladies out there, you're not, you're not alone in spirit. <laughs> you might be, right. able, you might not have these people in your community, but we'll keep on having these conversations. And, um, you know, I love this podcast because to me, it's about the emotion, emotional side of it. it it's about the journey of it, the identity of it, what it brings into our lives. Um, you know, it's not the A, B, and C. It's, it's how we feel, how we go through the emotions over a long period of time, being in, being in our movement practice, because it is, it's so tied in with our emotions, how we feel about ourselves, how it brings right. us joy, how it brings us mental, our, our healthy mental health. So, hey, Christine, you know, when you asked yeah. me yesterday, like, what are we going to talk about? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody out there, because there's a lot of guests coming on and everybody's like, how should I prepare? I was like, don't, don't worry. Don't worry about it. Yeah. It's easy. I did not prepare at all, but. <laughs> but you don't need nice. to prepare because it's yeah. not, you don't have to worry about it. Right. Right. It's all things that I think, oh, why would anyone want to hear this? But then as I'm saying it, I'm like, no, this is, this is important. And it's a thing that, oh yeah, know, that we go through. And, um, I, I hope it helps if, you know, anyone is trying or going through something or, or doesn't know about an HSG or getting over injury or just anything, you know, I want people to be able to, to reach out to me with anything, just like I'm able to reach out to others. Thank you so much, Christine, for carving out the time, man. I, uh, you know. I love talking to you. We have so much, we have so much fun. Um, the aerial community that I have here, I'm just, it's just amazing. And I, I'm so grateful for it. And I hope that even if you don't live here, you can get the benefits of it through me and through these conversations. Um, so yeah, really grateful to you, Christine, for being a part of that. And then, you know, the greater, the greater community here. All right, my friends, go to the show notes to register for Roll It Out. I would love to see you on there in our live virtual class. Or if you just sign up for the videos, it's worth it. It's a $19 a month subscription. And I believe that you get way over and above what you're paying for that. Because um, also, there's not a whole lot of resources of figuring out, number one, how to roll. And number two, for our aerialist um, specifications, like what we use the most, where we're really sore, we work on the chest a lot, work on the shoulders, the scapula a lot, um, you know, because that's what we use the most. So I would love for you guys to sign up for that. And then also aerial rehab's coming um, back, back around. I'm going to open that up for registration very soon. And um, thank you so much for being here. Honor me with a five-star rating and a review. Just smash the five stars. So easy. Even if you can't leave a sentence, just smash the five stars. It makes 
an enormous difference. The algorithm, we are a slave to it, us podcasters. And um, we are now part of the Digitin family of podcasts. Check that out, Wellness Podcasts. And Greener Grass is part of that, which is a broader a broader podcast. We talk about so much stuff, as much as as much diverse stuff as we can find. Me and Kelly, my co-host. All right, my friends, have an amazing day. Over and out. This is the Expecting Your Real Estate. Thank you.